I'm Chris Biddle and this is episode 59 of Inside AgriTurf. Thank you for joining me and as we get back to something like normality with shows and open days now looming on the calendar, in a few minutes I'll be talking to Graham Parker, sales director of the multi-branch dealership Ernest Doe, about how he and his colleagues managed to keep the remarkably successful Doe show on track during the pandemic. In 2020, the show's 60th anniversary, their timing was fortuitous. But the staging of the 2021 and recent 2022 show in early February provided many more challenges. You'll hear from Graham how they coped, which one of Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, etc. they had to settle on, sleepless nights and what modifications they had to incorporate in the show. In the event, the two most recent Doe shows have resulted in record returns. Graham also suggests a key and essential ingredient for any dealer considering running their own show or open day. So keep listening. But first, I'd like to reflect briefly on the last episode of Inside AgriTurf which was the third in a series I call AgriTurf Talk and involves a panel drawn from across the industry discussing a single important and topical issue. In this case, it was recruitment into the agricultural engineering sector. Now, On the panel were uh, Richard Charles, who heads up the Agco Academy at Stoneley, Simon Holmes, Group Service Manager for the multi-branch dealership TH White Group, Jeremy Gibbs, formerly with John Deere, but now an active farmer and the founder of Forces Farming, which provides a pathway for those leaving the services into a career in agriculture. And finally, well-known industry consultant David Kirshner, who is heavily involved in formulating apprenticeship standards. And the panel really got to grip with many of the issues. Simon Holmes specifically criticised recruitment agencies for not doing their homework, details of too many unsuitable can- candidates. Meanwhile, Jeremy Gibbs said there was a lack of information about careers in agriculture and engineering. You know, I would be honest and say I would struggle if someone said to me, I, you know, what does an agricultural engineer do? It's very much a discussion between me and that person or an email, an explanation, that kind of thing. But there's no generic, you know, career path video of an ag, you know, not even a 30 second advert of a smiling technician, you know, happy customer shaking hands. Whilst Richard Charles thought we were being too insular in our approach. The industry is not about basic tractors anymore. It is highly technologically advanced and this should be attractive to uh, the next generation coming through who potentially end up working at Jaguar Land Rover or somewhere like that. We really need to start broadening, it, broadening our horizons. And I think we are quite insular as an industry. And we actually only ever preach to the converted. We're only ever selling the industry to people that are already linked to it or are already within the industry. And we've got to start working harder to reach these wider people. Now, there is, of course, the website put up by the Cross-Industry Land-Based Engineering Training and Education Committee, LeTech for short. Uh, But judging by some of the comments made by the panel, 
It hasn't registered widely enough. However, David Kirshner, who works with the Litech Group, said uh, moves are afoot to up its profile. So I guess it's a question of watch this space. And I have put a link to that website in the show notes of this episode. But I wonder, therefore, whether it's an image problem we have, or indeed whether we are missing more obvious opportunities. I've asked around and the phrase land-based engineering gets more quizzical looks than nods of understanding. It doesn't help, perhaps, that the two main representative bodies for our industry both have agricultural engineering in their title. Taking another angle, there is little doubt that today's young people have a much greater awareness and social responsibility for environmental issues. That came home to me very clearly when a few years ago I was manning a stand at an open day at Sparsholt Agricultural College in Hampshire. It's an annual event, uh, it certainly was before COVID, where the college buses in over 800 pupils in a single day from across their region. It is a huge logistical operation, allowing enough time to let children hear at first hand all the courses on offer from agriculture, animal care, horticulture, forestry, etc., to zoology. On that particular day, I was representing the agricultural engineering sector and talking about big, shiny tractors, but I must say to limited interest. But once you started to broaden the conversation, referencing the role that that tractor plays, along with innovative technology, in supporting safe and sustainable food production, their interest level dramatically increased. So I think the messaging is crucial if we as an industry are to win the hearts and minds of young people who will be our future. Now, agricultural engineering is a very broad church. To most, of course, it means tractors and combines, but it has a very long reach. Into soil science, water quality, horticulture, sports and recreation, food processing, renewable energy, robotics and much, much more. Agricultural engineering also holds the key to unlocking the sustainability solutions for much that we take for granted. The food we eat, the countryside we treasure and the sports and recreation facilities we enjoy. And so for the next episode of AgriTurf Talks, I'm going to broaden the discussion and I've invited a stellar panel to discuss whether we, as an industry, are promoting and talking strongly enough about our environmental credentials. On that panel, which will broadcast on the 17th of February 2022, are Caroline Drummond, MBE, who is Chief Executive and Founder of LEAF, the organisation linking environment with farming. Now, LEAF is best known to the public for its Open Farm Sundays. Charlie Nicklin, who is the CEO of the Institution of Agricultural Engineers, who, prior to taking up that role, spent almost 25 years with JCB in senior engineering roles. Next, Marion Perrett Pearson is the Senior Agricultural Advisor to Seven Trent Water and also a Director of the Warwickshire Rural Hub, and her role is to engage with farmers and landowners, helping them to manage the farm environmentally. And lastly, but certainly not least, uh, from the turf care sector, uh, Chris Gibson, who runs GGM Grounds Care, and who, over the last few years, has introduced many environmentally beneficial changes within the business itself, 
and has concentrated on adding more and more battery-powered product to meet the increasing demand from his mainly commercial customers. So the panel will explore our environmental credentials so that they meet the aspirations of young people, and it should be a very interesting debate. But back to Graham Parker and the Doe Show. Uh, the company was formed in 1898 by Ernest Doe as a blacksmith business in Essex and is still in control of the Doe family. Current MD Angus Doe is the fifth generation to head the business. The company operates 19 branches spread across 12 counties in South and Eastern England. The Doe Show itself started in 1960 when Alan Doe, the grandfather of Angus, invited suppliers, customers and friends to an open house immediately after the shooting season finished on the 31st of January. Graham, thank you for, for joining me. Uh, can I describe you as the stage manager or the impresario of the Doe Show? And, and, and maybe going back to the beginning, is the timescale immediately after the shooting season still the calendar template for the show? Uh, yes, certainly. So shoot, shooting finishes... Uh... Farmers get bored and they want to do something. So uh, thankfully, they all come down and see us at the Doe Show. So that's been the, the same for the last um, 60 odd years. If we go back a couple of years, uh, you managed to squeeze in the 60th edition of the show in February 2020. Looking back, were there any concerns about COVID then of whether you could run it or were you just ahead of the curve? We we were thankfully just ahead of the curve. So uh, people were talking about it, um, but it was uh, it was one of those things at the time. Well, will it will be it'll be here, but it'll be gone tomorrow. So it certainly didn't stop us doing any business. People were here shaking hands and doing deals, and it literally was probably ten days after the um, the twenty twenty do show that the thing got really serious and then we went into lockdown. So we, we were extremely lucky to get that show in and being our 60th as well, it was it was one of our big ones. Yeah, and you had a special uh, commemorative tractor, I think, that you either auctioned off or sold off uh, a New Holland tractor. That, that's correct. That was sold to uh, a farmer in Hertfordshire um, and uh, he bought that on the day, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, Graham, I assume that planning an event like the... Uh, Doe show is a 12 months of the year planning process so planning for 2021 must have been fraught as uncertainty really ranged in the whole country uh, were there any eureka moments that you had as to what sort of event you could run so with our 2021 show that was a, a an online event um we we got to uh, we got to the end of October 2020, and we really had to think long and hard. We thought at that time we weren't going to have a show, so we sort of plopped ourselves into uh, uh, into the uh, the world of technology, and we developed a web website. Um, we teamed up with our friends at Cheffins to do the auction, um, just so that we could have a 2021 show. So not having a show was was never on our minds. Really, we, we're always going to do something. Did you have an auction element uh, in previous shows? Uh, no, we, we, we'd often talked about it, but it was not something we'd actually done. So it kind of just uh, pushed us over the edge to, to get on and do it. 
it must have been you were employing new technology and uh, you were doing lots of online videos, uh, many of which I believe featured your own staff. And that was a, a deliberate uh, policy. Were there, were there many misgivings in the run up to the show, whether it all work and so on? Oh, yeah, we had some sleepless nights. Uh, I can tell you uh, the, that that Christmas, it ruined my Christmas completely. Our marketing manager, Hayley, um, she was talking about days where we, she was trying to get this microsite together and get it all working. And uh, there were some nights there she never went to bed. So, uh, yeah, we, we had some stressful moments. We had to bring it all together in in a really short amount of time. You know, we, we were hoping that uh, COVID was going to disappear by that by by the time the show would come but you know it was getting worse and worse as opposed to better so we we had to do something and um and it and it worked it it turned out to be our best show ever in really? terms of in terms of pounds shillings and pence taken um it actually was our highest turnover show uh, and no one stepped on on the ground here at Alting uh, and and presumably it was something you could quantify quite quite quickly as well Absolutely. So every year we, um, we 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 tally up all the, all the numbers from the show. Uh, we sort of call it the Do Show two weeks, although it's only a three day show. We count the orders over a two week period, so it's very very easy to see the ups and downs um, of where we are. So yeah, twenty twenty one show was our biggest ever. Well, that that's excellent. Um, were there any hiccups during it? Was, did all the technology work as planned? Um, thankfully it did um, and thankfully there were no hiccups whatsoever um, so Ch- Cheffins helped us a lot they've, they've got a very good platform for their uh, for their auction um, system so that helped us a great deal and our own microsite that our marketing manager uh, Hayley she she built that herself very talented and uh, uh, and therefore why wouldn't it work <laughs> of course of course uh, so whether apart from the auction element of uh, the 2021 show were there any other uh, elements that uh, you uh, looked to carry forward that you hadn't incorporated before um, yeah, so we learned an awful lot um, about the, certainly the online social media, how to m- promote the show. So we brought some of that through to, to this year's show. So with our 2022 show, which has just finished, we, we brought through the, the, the auction element um, through uh, and also the microsite as well. And, and we did a lot of that because, you know, quite frankly, when we got round to uh, October 2021 and we were planning our 2022 show, we still didn't know whether we could carry on or not. Omicron was just coming on the scene and, uh, and we really were planning for an A, B and C, D, E and F scenario. Um, so, yeah, we, we were in the same position as, as the previous year, really. Yeah. And, and, and when at what stage did you think that you could run the event that you actually ended up running uh, this year? Well, not really until after Christmas. Um, so leading up to Christmas, we, we changed a lot. So we cancelled our big indoor marquees um, so that uh, well, we, we ordered much sort of smaller two-sided marquees so that uh, uh, there was airflow and, and, and lots and lots of things we thought about to try and make the, the show as safe as we could. Um, but really, we didn't have that final, yes, we're going to do this show until after Christmas. And, and, and Omicron was sort of waning a little bit. Uh, Boris uh, came out sort of um, uh, mid-Jan and said he was scrapping his own plan B, et cetera, et cetera. So it really gave us the uh, the heart to think, yes, you know, we, we can do this. But in all of that, 
we still planned for the auction. We still planned for the micro site just in case uh, the the next uh, the next wave of COVID came along, and 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 at very short notice we had to cancel. So we always had a, an A B C D. Yeah, indeed. Um, but you must have been slightly worried when some of the bigger shows were were cancelling or being put back. Uh, was that a, a an element of your thinking? Um, it, it was to a degree, but we always have been an outdoor show. So the Doe show is is predominantly outdoors. Uh, we have had indoor areas and marquees, but as I said, we've cancelled those. Uh, our big barn that we use for the uh, the show this year, we had it very different layout with all the sides up, so there was plenty of airflow. So yeah, it, it was. We had to make a lot of changes, but but it certainly worked. And as far as the auction is concerned, I, I I presume that a lot of the lots, and I believe you had around 600 lots, went to a far wider audience, uh, not necessarily in the UK. And, and so did that give you a, a bigger audience for 2020 that you might have had uh, than had previously? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the, 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 uh, the auction has certainly um, bought us uh, new customers, overseas customers, uh, the auction is very interesting because it works for us and uh, we've managed to uh, sell a lot of items um, uh, to, to people across the country and further field that, that wouldn't necessarily come to our own Doe show. Um, but we are very conscious that um, there's a few people that don't like the auction idea, a few customers that don't. They want to come to the show. Uh, they want, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, have a deal as such. So we are conscious of that. Um, the flip side of that is that uh, we have had criticisms of the shows in the past whereby customers come along maybe on the second day or even at the afternoon of the first day and uh, and they complain that there's too many sold labels around and uh, if they got there earlier, they would have been able to buy something. So indeed, the auction um, brings a level playing field to everyone. So we are in uh, mixed emotions about the auction but really, this year, the auction element was there and the same in 2021, just as an insurance policy in case the physical doe show had to be cancelled. Indeed. And of course, you did have the weather gods on your side this year, didn't you? Yeah, we, we did. We, uh, we, were, we were floating along thinking, aren't we marvellous people having organised this weather? Uh, and the outside um, doe show with, with the pods with two sides missing, so there's plenty of airflow. Uh, I sh- I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't have been so favourable if it had been howling a gale and snow. So, uh, yeah, we, we were very, very lucky, I have to say. I must say, I have been to previous events when I've, I've slid there on, on on four wheels and it's been icy and even snowy. So, uh, But you've been fairly lucky with the, with the event in the last few years? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've done um, 30 odd shows now. And uh, I can remember, I think, three events where we had to cancel um, and all on the third day, actually. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the snow snow is bad for the show. Anything else, farmers are very, very hardy. Um, and if it's raining, it's fine. If it's uh, if it's windy, cold, it's fine. But snow is uh, is bad for us. And and you think, you know, it, it costs an awful lot of money to put this show on. Uh, and if it was snowed off for three days, that really would be a disaster for us. Uh, Graham, what, to what extent do you have to sign off all the staging arrangements with outside agencies? 
Um, there, there's pretty much none of that, really. Um, the Doe Show is put on by us. It's our own staff that put it together. So there's there's no one that dictates to us um, you can and you can't. Um, you know, obviously, in a lock, if we'd have been in a lockdown situation, um, it would have been a no. But there's nothing else, really, that dictates that we, we the show couldn't go ahead. Throughout your 19 branches, I mean, I know you're, you're representing two tractor brands, albeit under the same uh, international company. Yes. Uh, but are there any franchise conflicts that you would have showing certain equipment at Alting, which uh, may not be available in other branches? Um, no. Well, that's an interesting one. So we've got our case and we've got our new Holland tractors. Um, that's clear. We we have case in Ernest Doe Power and we have New Holland in in our Ernest Doe business. Uh, but back in the uh, back end of 2019, going into 2020, we actually um, uh, sort of consolidated our our machinery franchises uh, and chose ten major franchises to run with both throughout Ernesto and Ernesto Power. So there, there are no conflicts anymore. We pretty much what we sell, we sell across all the 19 branches. And, uh, and we had to, at uh, that time, decide who we wanted to deal with. There were some casualties in that. There was one or two manufacturers we had to go to and say, I'm sorry, we're, we're not going to represent you anymore. And there was one or two new ones we bought in. But we feel now we've got a good core of 10 um, mainline manufacturers and uh, and that's what we're going to stick with and um, in the run-up to the 2022 show was there any resistance from suppliers in attending the show be- because of the obvious ongoing concerns about covid yeah there were so the suppliers that um, that were outside um have their, their their trade stands outside there was no resistance at all really but some of the trade stands all our hardware products were which generally are inside um, some of those people were, were pretty reluctant to come some of them are quite small companies and you know if one or two of them in the company got covid it, it would be a real issue so so that's why we decided to um to to, to change the layout and 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 have those people uh, not not come at this show the the Lama show cancelling was interesting because obviously that is an inside show um, however, I have to say that probably brought us a blessing, really, because there's a lot of people that uh, maybe would have gone to Lammer and maybe wouldn't have come to our our Doe show. So that's probably why the uh, the visitor numbers this year were, were were huge, to be fair. And indeed, you talked about the resilience of farmers attending your outside show, but they were quite used until very recently to attending an outside show, uh, Lama show at Newark. Um, and it, that has always never been a problem to them, has it? No, absolutely. Uh, rain, shine, mud doesn't matter. We're uh, they'll still come and look round our show. That's for sure. So, so during the actual show, then Graham, did, were you able to judge the mood amongst visitors, amongst suppliers? Uh, yeah, definitely. Do you know, um, as I say, I, I've done a lot of shows, and I feel this show, do you know, was one of our best in terms of atmosphere. It was really a lovely, relaxed atmosphere. People were were really pleased to see each other again after a long time. So, um, yeah, it, it went off without um, without any incident. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to be at this year's show. I have to say.
Uh, I'm sure, and I've certainly heard good good reports uh, of it. How how are you looking at uh, next year's show? Because I'm sure you're already starting to turn your attention to that. Uh, I think you indicated just now that there's a slight question mark about the auction element. Is that the case? Yeah, I think so. We we would we would probably like to continue with it. Um, maybe we need to tweak it a little bit. Um, but we're we're very much into feedback, and already. Uh, we put a survey out to our own staff to to ask them what they thought about the show and all the elements. Uh, we should do the same to to some key customers because it's no good us trudging on with something that that people don't believe in. So uh, the 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 outdoor element that uh, we spoke about with the with the bar keys with no sides it was great this year because the sun was shining. Um, but we we do have to to think about that in 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 detail just to make sure that uh, it works for another show. You you talked about quantifying the success of the show earlier on, and it's easy to do with an auction. Certainly, uh, that part of it. How do you generally? Uh, what over what type of time scale, Graham, does it take you to really understand how a particular show has performed in terms of set, terms of sales? Okay, so we we judge the show on two weeks, so the show week and the week after, so it gives the uh, uh, the sales guys time to to wrap deals up. So that really is our datum point, and that's where we take our figures on. However, it doesn't stop there because it is a a shop window for the rest of the year. So we uh, we have inquiries taken at the show for maybe demonstrations of equipment uh, during the summer period. And maybe those deals won't come for another 12 months. So, you know, it's important to uh, to be here, talk to customers and get, get an understanding of, of what they're thinking. So quantifying, it's quite easy um, in, in a short sense, but it's impossible to quantify on, 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 in a longer term. The show is always at the same venue. You've got 19 branches spread across south uh, of, of England, eastern England, and so on. There's no question of the venue being anywhere else than Alting, is there? No, 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 never. Um, the very, very first show uh, back in 1960 actually took place at our Braintree branch. But since 1961, it's been back here at Alting. It's our head office um, and it's uh, it's got the space and we've got a farm here. So it allows us to use the farm to to demonstrate equipment over the show period. So it all kind of works well. I, I always call the Doe show uh, a well-oiled sewing machine. Uh, the, the staff know what they've got to do and uh, and everything kind of just oils itself together and uh, and comes together nicely. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we'll be moving anytime soon. Uh, might have suggest that your motto might be if it ain't broke don't fix it but but perhaps tweak it absolutely yeah we, we always try and do something a little bit different every year we had some different demonstration plots this year we had uh indoor chainsaws so in, in our barn area we we, uh, we had the sides up and we had uh chainsaw displays now normally that would be obviously outside but this year we had all battery powered equipment, a big push on um, the, the lithium battery powered equipment. So chainsawing inside, no noise, no noise, no pollution. So that was something new to the show this year. We had the um, the hush binder auto mowers working. Um, so uh, that's that's a, a relatively new product, and and uh, they're they're building bigger and bigger um, auto mowers um, for the for the golf and uh, amenity uh, market. So that's all interesting. A lot of battery powered equipment on the, on the on the ground care side this year. So that that was that was interesting to see. 
Excellent. Well, look, Graham, many, many thanks for joining me uh, today. It's, it's been very enlightening, I must say. The, the show scene is evolving and continues to evolve in, 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 in the way it's put on. Obviously, a lot of national shows have disappeared over the last few years. Is there an advice that uh, you would give to dealers who perhaps, uh, with your 30-year experience, who are considering running their own shows? Is there a sort of uh, a, a checklist of, of, of do's and don'ts that you, you work to? Um, well, firstly, I don't really want to give our secrets away, do <laughs> of course we? Not. But uh, I, I would say our show, we're, we're, we're unashamed of the fact that it is a show to sell. So when people get here, everything's got a price ticket on it. Uh, all our salespeople are here and they are there to sell. So, you know, we, we, over the period, it's um, over the dough show period, it is millions of pounds worth of turnover. You know, it, it can be, um, ooh, shall I say, uh, well north of 10% of our annual turnover in two weeks. So it's a really important show for us. So I would, my advice would be don't, don't pussyfoot around, just make it that people are coming there to, to buy something. And the customers know that as well. You know, we advertise it as um, a show whereby there are bargains to be had. And, and that's quite true. You know, we are, we're here to, to sell um, to get rid of the equipment that maybe there's one or two left over from last year because we've got big orders in with our suppliers coming in, in for this year. I've always said it's our, uh, um, although it's February, it's almost our January sale. You know, if we were if we were one of the big department stores, um, they have their January sales, or we have a February sale. So I, I would say don't be ashamed of, of, of making it clear that people are coming to buy. Might I congratulate you on, on another successful show this year, uh, Graham, and may there be many more to follow. That's much appreciated. Thank you very much. I recorded that conversation with Graham on the last day of the auction, with still a couple of hours left before the official closing time. Uh, Graham phoned me afterwards to say that, similar to last year, around 65% of the lots had been sold, and that represents uh, over a million pounds worth of business. But this year, that many lots were then sold after the official closing time when the team were enjoying a well-earned pizza and refreshments. So it's a tribute to the company that the Doe Show has had an unbroken staging record over more than 60 years, in spite of obstacles that this time had nothing to do with the weather. So thanks to Graham for that extremely fascinating behind-the-scenes account. I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And this is Inside Agriturf.